Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Connected by Water. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. So, how was the drive up from Miami? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Well, especially at this time. You know, it could be pretty bad depending on the time. Right. So, it was just perfect timing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, during the day is not so bad. Yeah. You know, it take about a half hour, 45 minutes or whatever like that. But you're there. How often are you in Miami? How often are you in Guatemala? Well, major- depending on the season. Yeah. So, I would say... You know, it could be, I could travel anywhere between once a week, twice, mm-hmm. or three times uh, a month. Yeah. Uh, but it, depending on the season, you're, you're you know, one, once we get into the summer. Right. Uh, I'll be there less time. Okay. You know, because of, we're doing a lot of stuff for the boats and, you know, just upgrading a lot of stuff around the resort. Is that the rainy season down there too, like in Costa you know Rica? What? You know, if they even have one, I don't, you know. <laughs> People call it rainy season. Doesn't really rain, but it, anyway. you know, it rains more at night. Okay. At the time you're at night, you're already at the resort, hanging out. Right. You're just relaxing for the night because the majority of the time, if you during that time, if you like early in the morning, you might get a shower. Okay. But then it just tapers off, and it's like here. You know how it is. It's just you'll be in the Florida Keys, and next you know, and clears up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you're you're not there a lot in the summer, is it? No, no, yeah. no. So the season's primarily our peak season runs from October uh-huh. through May. I would say the early part of June. Okay, I would say. But um, I went this year right after ICAST, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a little research. I wanted to just check out the waters because, of course, everybody's like, "Well, during that time, it's not going to be too much selfish." Well, I was impressed. I mean, this year has been really great. I mean, it, it's been, we were having double-digit releases in July. Nice. And, uh, of course, that's not, also, you got to factor in all the, you know, Dorado, Mahi Mahi, of course. Um, then you got also 
yellowfin tuna. Yellowfin tuna bite this year was amazing. Yeah. It's been amazing. Uh, we're not known for huge yellowfin tuna compared to, like, say, Panama. Mm-hmm. But this year we saw, I mean, we our biggest we caught this year was 167 pounds. It's a good yellowfin tuna. Yes, yes. And, um, and then a lot of the, of course, you know, you get your cookie-cutter ones mm-hmm. between the 40, 60-pounders. Um, Still then, a nice yellow fin, of tuna. course. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, then we have had we did get a lot of uh, hundred pounders, mm-hmm. a lot of hundred fifty pounders. So we're not um, we're not complaining. Yeah, we're not complaining. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. I remember you guys caught one when um, George came down there for the show. Yes, unfathomed. Yeah, I mean George. I mean great freaking uh, man. He's, George is he, awesome. He, he is awesome. He's he's awesome. a good dude, man. Yes, he is. And I, I'm. I congratulate him for having a great show. Yeah. I mean, it's just. And he's worked uh, real hard on that. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Um, yeah, he wanted to, uh, one of his producers from uh, the guys that video uh, mm-hmm. is filming, they were like, well, we need to get him out of his out of his comfort zone. Oh, right. trust me, he was out of his comfort zone for yeah. a while, you know. So um, he's actually going to come back, um, I think, in uh, January. We're going to do another filming. Part, yeah. Oh, very part cool. Two, yeah. So this time I'm, you know, uh, maybe a little surprise for him. Okay. We might go to Tikal, isn't you know where we have our ancient ruins, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe do something with, uh, you know, out in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. You know, do bonfires or maybe do some type of ritual or something. You know, something that for sure will be out of his comfort zone. Well, he's got the jujitsu thing going on, now, so he might be all into it. For sure. Um, <laughs> Guatemala's got a lot to offer. It does. I mean, you know, it, some parts of the country might get a bad reputation, but where you guys are at, you're pretty legit. I mean, it's a pretty good location to come to, and, you know, you, everything going on with the coffee makers and the volcanoes and the stuff like that. And I mean, rum. And rum. That's yes, right. You rum. can't forget the rum. Yeah, you can't, you can't go wrong with yeah. rum there. Um, they're actually, that's where the Sacapa rum is from. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, of course, you get a lot of co- coffee plantations. Um, you got the town of Antigua, you know, cobblestone streets. I mean, we're talking about from the 17, 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got a lot of, uh, you know, again, a lot of the Mayan culture that's been still around for, I mean, they have up to maybe I'm wrong for, for how many, I think the, some of these, um, the Mayan people, uh, I think they speak even like 20 something languages or something, something crazy like that. Really? Yeah. Like way, um, way back stuff. Yes. Correct. And, uh, of course, you know, of course, you still have the cities. And, I mean, you, you still got, you know, a lot of uh, high-end, you know, shops like we have here in mm-hmm. Florida uh, or anywhere in the United States. But it, it's um, just so much to see and do mm-hmm. um, because, of course, we get a lot of uh, people that call and say, hey, well, you know what, I want to go fishing, but I want to bring my wife. You know, what is there to do? Um, you know, I could take my kid fishing. But what is my wife going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't just want to be at the resort. Well, at the resort, of course, we have, of course, you, you know, you could do massages. You could do a lot of stuff. You can hang around the pool. You could, you know, do, you know, check out the coast, the beach, you know, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's a f- pretty much like a five-star setup, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, they could, you know, the wives can actually, and my wife has done it, and a lot of friends have come down, uh, basically, you know, just go to town of Antigua. You can spend the whole day in Antigua. Um, there's a lot of shops, a lot of great restaurants. Um, I mean, you can still see a lot of ancient, um, history there. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just, I mean, again, there's a lot of churches, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's a really 
nice place to, you know, sightseeing, picturesque, uh, and not only that, you're surrounded by three volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And and we're talking about two active volcanoes. And that's another thing is people go and they want to do the volcano excursion. Well, the cool thing about that is, like I did with uh, with George, mm-hmm. I took him there for a sunset, you know, a sunset, you know, so he could see everything in the volcano. Well, there he saw the lava. He saw, I mean, there's just everything. Yeah, going that on the part center. of the show was yes, cool. correct. Yeah. Um, another thing is uh, people can actually go up there and roast marshmallows. I mean, that. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, so you're actually in an active volcano roasting marshmallows. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how things I are. remember when um, we were watching the show at George's house for his opening party that he had. And the first thing. I mean, all I could think of is I'm like looking at my wife and we got to get down there. That that place just looks super cool. Well, you're going to go pretty soon though. Going to go. Yes. Yep. Pretty soon. So I'm, I'm, I'm all amped up about it. So yeah. Yeah. We don't, you know, having a six year old and an eight year old at home, we don't get out much. Well, you know? trust me, I know what that feels like, <laughs> but thank God I got a great, great mom and, yep. you know, and, and she'll take care of them. So yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, take me back a little bit. Um, with the start of Pacific Fins, because I know that place has kind of evolved. Yes. Um, very quickly, actually, um, and especially in the past few years. So take me through the genesis of that and how it became such a great resort, like such the great resort that it is today. The resort was before called Fins and Feathers. Mm-hmm. The resort was called Fins and Feathers before. Uh, Niels Erickson, the owner now, um, he acquired it in 2006. And like anything else, you know, you come in, you're trying to freshen up and do your own theme and you're trying to change a little bit. I mean, it's not like a lot has changed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's still a great place and you're on the water. Uh, you're literally, I mean, you could basically come out of your room and just trip over and, and, get, and land on top of the deck of a boat. I mean, right. it's just incredible how it is. Um, and that, you know, that's comfort was what people love, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, you don't have to basically – well, you got to go so far. You don't have to, you know, get on a, on, a, on a car and just go down to the marina. We do, depending on, on the um, the tides, we sometimes got to do that, though. But the majority of the time, the boats are stationed behind the resort. Mm-hmm. So it's just perfect. You actually get up in the morning. You have breakfast. You get on the boat. You're all day long fishing. You come back. And literally, you walk off the boat. And you land on the pool. Right in your room, right in the pool. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, easy of course living, get, man. Yes. I mean, you got, then you have everything where the, you know, the little hors d'oeuvres, appetizer, cocktails waiting for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you, but. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, I saw you serving sushi on the boat to George. I was like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that but people that doesn't know. Again, there's so much to do. And not only, I mean, we, what we, the service we give our clients mm-hmm. is you're out in the water. You know, in the, in the morning, mid-morning, you got a little snacks with fruits, you know. Um, comes lunchtime, we cook for you on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, if you caught a mahi or yellowfin tuna or anything like that, we're just going to cook it for you. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's That's just very a nice for you. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time, you know, we ask the client, how would you like this? Or sometimes, you know, because we'll we'll do a ceviche right on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll do that. We'll do sashimi right on the boat, you know. And people are like, no freaking way. Yeah. I mean, they just, just they don't know that. I mean, once they do that, and it's like, 
where, what am I missing? I got to go back home and what, get box lunch? No, I can't do this anymore. Especially that yellowfin tuna. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. And uh, yeah, again, and the majority of times when I go down there, a lot of, you know, a lot of the guests was like, well, Ozzy, can you, you know, can you host our group or something? You know, come down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's incredible. I love to see the, you know, the emotions and everything that the people have, how they're just somewhere else. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just, you're actually fishing surrounded by active volcanoes in your backdrop. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, you're catching selfish all day long. Mm -hmm. Marlin, Dorado, Yellowfin tuna. You go in shore, you get rooster fish. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, there's a pretty good rooster fishery there. Right? It's, it's been, our rooster fish is something that, you know, not everybody has um, advertised. Mm -hmm. But for, I would say about a year, year and a half, little by little we've been actually just researching it more you know because mm -hmm. it's not like it you know because if people think of rooster fish you think about costa rica you know right. or mexico or you know panama, or, panama something like or something yeah. yeah but the thing is we don't have them as big you know those 60 70 pounders 80 pounders but we do make up in quantities mm -hmm. i mean i won't lie to you uh that trip that i did in summer uh on july i'm sorry it was uh we raised 52 52 roosters? 52 roosters. Wow. And we had like 38 bites, I think it was. Catching any on fly? No, but next time I will. Yeah. Next time I will. That's, that's been... Are you pulling poppers? Actually, it's just like like selfishing, like teasers. They come to the teasers red hot. It's incredible. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the number one fish on my bucket list. Rooster? Rooster, yeah. I went. I still haven't caught one. Last time I was in Costa Rica, I went out with, um, with some old dude on a pontoon, and we were just... Hank and Poppers, like he was like on the slow troll like all day long. We didn't get one, but it's yeah. it's amazing how, you know, because that was the first time I ever done that type of fishing for rooster. You know, mm -hmm. you're typically you know how it is, like you said, the poppers, live bait, you know, yeah. around rocks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. you know, you're here, you're on the beach, mm -hmm. you know, so you're actually seeing big waves. Are you catching them right off the beach? Oh, you're right catching off. them from the surf. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly nice. what I want to do. So basically, you're slow trolling the you know, ballyhoo. Right. And they come to the teasers, and it's the same method as you would do selfish. It's just amazing. I mean, well, to, so you could tease them up and then throw a fly. Correct. I mean, oh, for, nice. for you to see, I mean, it, it, again, I go back because the first time I ever did that type of fishing, for me to do how they come to the teasers, I mean, yeah, with, I mean, just for their rooster just all lit up. And I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's like, I can't even talk yet. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm like, I want to, that's when, when we're down there, I, I want to make it a point to do that that's at no least problem. for a half day. That's no problem. I mean, just be like, yeah. And, and, and again, it. you don't have to go that far. It's down the block. I mean, I'll call it down the block, but you know, down the sur. I mean, we're off the beach Yeah, and you're good. I mean, there's, again, there's people that want to do offshore fishing all day long. And sometimes they will say, you know what, Ozzy, I want to do, Two days fishing offshore, and I'll do the last day inshore fishing. Mm -hmm. You know? So. Yeah, the Kubera's there too? Or there not, is, not but, so much, but, so is, but it's, it's not something because we are. Topography is different compared to other places. You know, we don't mm -hmm. have rocky bottoms. You know, majority of our bottoms is sandy. Oh, all right. So it's yeah. mostly. Hard so you probably get like a good surf break there. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that surf. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, especially the waves that I saw last time I was there, when I saw that, I was like, well, pretty impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that there is 
intro fishing, you know, there is some, there is going to be snapper and stuff like that because that's what we do serve also at the resort. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not the rocky bottoms that, you know, you're used to seeing, you know, further, you know, down like Costa Rica, Panama, mm -hmm. those places. How is it when you go down there? I mean, how is it? Um, I know you talked about oh, they got stores just like we do here and everything like that. But when you're there, I mean, how isolated do you feel when you're at the resort? Like as far as like uh, the world washing away kind of thing, or is it more like more citified where you're at? Or I mean, is it you feel you're more part of like a fabric of the community there? Yes, you are because yeah. you're on the coast. The thing of the coast is is like you can literally. Um, and I'll be honest, I've, uh, in the beginning, when I was invited to go to Guatemala, you mm -hmm. know, because if Guatemala is like anything else, everybody thinks, well, you know what, it's, you know, you got to be careful, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. 2012, 2012, that was the first time I was invited to go to Guatemala. And of course, like anything else, you, you know, have a conversation with your wife and like, babe, I mean, you know, Guatemala tourism invited me to go to, to Guatemala. I mean... Mm -hmm. What should I do? Babe, go. But like anything else, you know, you all the stuff you hear, you know, not the see, but the stuff you hear, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, but you know what? I decided, you know what? Let me go. From that day on, once I, once I set the foot in that country, it's my second home. Yeah. It's been phenomenal. I mean, it's the people. Uh, and I'm going back to your question. I mean, you're you're on the coast. The people of the coast. I mean, you can literally walk down the street, and people have their doors doors open to invite mm -hmm. you in. You know, food, drinks, whatever you want. Uh, it's not what you hear. You know, it's not uh, a place that. Oh my God, the gang. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. For me, and I could say that because I'm a witness, and I do this, and this is what I. You know, again, this is what I do. This is my. I go there. And people get, I get asked a lot, of course, when anybody's doing any type of, you know, uh, reservation, it's like, Ozzy, how is it over there? Oh, this thing with the, with the caravan, this, well, that's not, a, that's not our country. Right. That's a neighboring country trying to get through in order to get to Mexico and everything else. That's, mm -hmm. We're just, hey, we don't want to deal with that stuff. Let them, if they have to go through, you know. But like anything else, it's just politics, man. You know, right. it's, not, it's not what you think. I've, I've been through some pretty bad areas like mm -hmm. any other country would. Look at us here, Chicago. Miami. Chicago. Oh, no, correct. <laughs> no, I want to say Miami. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I had to give you a little jab. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, but you could go anywhere. You could be in an alley and get mugged. Right. I've been through pretty, I mean, because remember, it's a third world country. Like anything else, it's mm -hmm. poor. You go to, they have their high-end places, like if you're in Fifth Avenue in, in, in New York City, or, you know, like anything else, you have your poor areas. Mm -hmm. And I've walked through the poor areas. Yeah. Not even a scare, Dennis. Nothing. It's, no, that's it, cool. I think it's important for people to understand and know that. You know, because why are you going to deprive yourself of potentially could be the trip of your life if, if you're going to let, you know, something that might not be true you know, stop stop you from going there. So Correct. Because you know, it's, you know, it's a phenomenal resort. It's a phenomenal product. And, you know, I mean, it, that shouldn't even be, I mean, probably on your head. So. Well, this says it all. Uh, more than 90% of our clientele is repeat clientele. Oh, that's great. You know, so it's like once you go there, your family. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I want to go again. I mean, I've had, I have, we have a client that is going to go next month. It's going to be his 27th time. 27 times? Yeah. It's a lot of sailfish. That's, <laughs> but it's not just that. Like, again, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's not just that. 
right? Fishing, yes. It, you know what? It's the majority of it. Because, mm-hmm. of course, people just love the numbers and just, just being out there to calm weather. And that's another thing. It's just glass. Majority of the time is glass. You know how we go fishing all the time Yeah, here. the conditions are always Correct. flat pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, you know, the, for the people that say, well, they get seasick, you know what? Guatemala is your perfect spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. My wife's going to like hearing that. Yeah. And she likes when it's calm. Per, I mean, not only that, you have your comfortable boats, you have AC, you have, I mean, you, you're there, you calm waters, and you're getting all that many bites a day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any better. That's great. So it's cool. Like you're working here. You can work in both places. I mean. Yeah, because our office, our main office, you know, our yeah. headquarters, it, it's in Miami. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the time, I'm very like anything else. I go down there and have, you know, yearly meetings with all the captains and crews and staff of the resort. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I oversee. And of course, like anything else, it's just with Niels Erickson, the owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could talk about this person. Wow. What a guy. Yeah. You once you meet him, you'll fall in love with him. He's he's an amazing individual. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him. Actually, how, how many times you spoke good things about him? I mean, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna meet this guy. Yeah, he's again as he is. He doesn't need to actually need a resort mm-hmm. because he's really well off. I mean, he's in the pharmaceutical business. Mm-hmm. I think he has uh, man over a hundred something pharmacies. It's like having Walgreens, you know, you know, and basically, but his passion. Mm-hmm. Baby is Pacific Fence. That's it's like great. anything else, you know. You're, is your place that you just go and relax, mm-hmm. just forget about everything. And he's also a diehard fisherman. He loves fishing. He competes a lot, um, and all of that. He's actually a uh, big into uh, Iron Man. So he's uh, yes. Uh, every I mean, t- the competition or the character? No, he's actually no. He's a competition. Okay, he's actually. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> actually I like Iron Man too. <laughs> That's so good. I gotta meet this guy. No, but he is no, but. He is a, he's a person that really um, loves his country, right? Loves to take care of his fi- uh, the fishery, um, and you know he he just majority of the time he's so busy. I don't even know how sometimes he gets he gets out of it, you know, because mm-hmm. he's actually right now going to go. Actually, we're having this conversation where he's actually on the way to New York's I mean Atlantic City to run the Ironman and to do a whole triathlon. There. Really? Yeah. I don't mean I don't. That's tough. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I had to move. So I had to move a couch from one. Someone gave me a couch. They were moving out. They're like, hey, you want our couch? It's our new couch we have there. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. So it was like, what, Tuesday morning? And then so I'm helping him move the couch and I'm like walking backwards, like a defensive back. You know, like they had they run backwards Uh like that. It must have gone like 40 feet. I'm like, I gotta stop, man. My my calves are burning up. I can't imagine doing an iron. That's crazy. And the funny thing is, is. Once, when I'm down there, I see him do this a lot. Mm-hmm. And when he's at the resort, he'll get on his bike and maybe an hour plus on the bike. Yeah, those guys are animals. And not only that, then after he's done there, well, you know what? He jumps in the canal mm-hmm. and he swims, I don't know how many miles back and forth. And then he runs, comes back, hangs out. I mean, it, I don't know. He does does he do it every day? Majority of the time, when I do my conversations with him in the morning, or he right. will go like go train in the pool early in the morning. It doesn't thing. He also doesn't even sleep. I yeah. mean, he's just he's, just, yeah, he's he, like he those, is a true Iron Man. I would say, yeah, rare rare breed, correct. Like this, like yeah. there's guys like that that are just like wired like that. And I don't, they're like their own species. Those people, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, I get it. I wish I could, but there's 
just I can't. I can't even run three miles. I mean, there's no way I could do it. Yeah, like even like when I was in the best shape of my life in high school, I, you know, at one point I played four sports like year round, and that you know, but I could put myself in that position still. Like there's no way I'd even touch getting close to what those guys do. And most of the guys that do Ironman are not young. They're you know they're like our age, and it's like I can't what. Correct. You work out? I do. Yeah, I, I don't. but the thing is, is like anything else, you got to go to work on your cardio and. He has no issues with that. I mean, yeah. he's just, I mean, because the places he does, I mean, he does, uh, I think he did, uh, of course, he does Atlantic City. He did Hawaii. Uh-huh. The Iron Man in Hawaii. That's another big one. Of course, you got to go up and down a bunch of hills and stuff. He also did that one. This is the one that people take. He's crazy. Um, he did Escape from Alcatraz. That's what they call that. Uh, What's that? Basically, you got to swim from Alcatraz. Oh, that cold water? Yes. With all the sharks? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what he, they, that's you know what, what? the Clint Eastwood movie. That's the, funny what, like, thing the is, sharks will eat you. He wasn't not so worried about the sharks as he is the cold water. Right. You know, because uh, from what he told me, the training was, you know, they say for do it a two or three months, take cold showers. Mm -hmm. That really didn't help. <laughs> he told me it didn't really help because you're not, I mean, you're not, I mean, not in a dry suit, but you're in, a, you're in your wetsuit, you're, you're trying to be as thick as you can. Mm -hmm. Maybe what, three, four millimeter? I forgot what it was. And it's still cold. But really, yeah. But still, you got to go through all that current. I yeah, mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, I gotta I gotta give it to him. It's impressive. Yeah, I've been there, um, in the in that environment, and with with at the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, one time with a friend of mine, and uh, yeah, it's it's cold water, but you're always thinking about because it's got a reputation for great whites and all this Correct. stuff like that. But I mean, I guess, uh, you know, when is your when is your journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can have it. the worst place for shark attacks in the world is right here. You know, Correct. but I don't know. That's cool, man. Iron Man. No way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> never going to happen. No, correct. Like, people always say never, say never. I'm saying never. I mean, I might. I know he's been uh, pressuring me to do one of those. Really? I might just do a baby one. Come on. Yeah. You're going to do it? Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I might. And you never know. You never know. Um, it's the running that would get How about me. we do it together? How about that? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Do it like one mile of this. One mile of bicycle, like like a hundred yards of running, and then no, that's, that's and then what? And I'll do two laps in the pool. We'll see, you could do that the fastest. I think by the time I get to the pool, I'm just gonna like grab a drink, yeah, yeah like hang out. No way, that's my speed. I'm 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 built for comfort, not speed. So, yeah. So it's cool though. You've been being able to work in Miami, yeah, and work and going to Guatemala. And I think the interesting thing about that too is that. That right there tells you that it's completely caters to like an American crowd. Yes, you know, the, being that their corporate office is in Miami. Correct. And, you know? and again, is we have clients from all over the world. Mm -hmm. you know, we've been seeing quite a few more Russians. Really? Yeah. Um, of course, we got Brazil. We got Puerto Rico. We have, um, um, you know, of course, a lot from the United States. You name it. I mean, it's been throughout Central America. A lot of people go through there. Of course, right, it's easy for them. Mm -hmm. um, and um, but yeah, internationally, I mean, it's just uh, there's a lot of people from all over the place and go there. Yeah, you get to fish a lot out there yourself, or are you mostly? I try working? to. You know, I try to. Majority of the time is just you know, I just lay back and just let the you know when I'm with the guests and stuff like that, let them yeah. do their thing. It might take pictures and stuff like that. Right. Um, but, you know, of course, there's quite a few things. Of course, if I have to, you know, talk to the captains and crews and stuff, you know, little meetings here and there, you got to take care of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, once in a while you want to 
just go out there and just try to little be a little competitive, with, you know, with some of the mates and stuff like that, or yeah. even with Niels, or you know, it, it's 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 fun, you know. Yeah, you fished all over though. Yes, I've right? been I mean, uh, quite a few places already. Yes, I mean all over the place. Yeah. But what's um, you got some big bluefin tuna coming up. I do. Uh, right? At the end of the month, I'm actually going to go up to uh, PEI, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, everybody knows that's big giant bluefin tuna country. Mm-hmm. Um, their season the land of giants. Yes, their season is real small. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say mid July, late July to like. October. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, um, my biggest so far is 900 pounds. Um, that's on the chair. Stand up that I think I will never do again. <laughs> What's 850? Wow. Yes. I mean, I didn't know. You caught a bluefin stand up at 850? 850. And I, well, I got pictures and videos, and I also have Doug, the owner of King right, Selfish. We're going to roll all that right about now. <laughs> and, uh, he is, uh, we're actually, we were taking turns. We uh-huh. went one, um, I think it was like three years ago. We um, we traveled together up there to Tony's Tuna Fishing, Tony McDonald, and his brother Buck, Bradley McDonald. Mm-hmm. The nicest people you're meeting. I mean, it's it's amazing. You have to take one of these trips with me. I mean, you'll never meet. Let's go. We've been, I've been talking about, how long we've been talking about this, John? Like going. Since, up, yeah. Podcast three. Since podcast three. Jimmy. Yeah, when Jimmy still came waiting. on, that's right. Then it got, well, there you then go. got me stuck in my head like, yeah, I got to do that. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. Um, and going back, I mean, we, like I said, we were taking turns and um, we first fought our fish on the chair. You know, big fish was in the 800s and seven somethings. And, um, and then day two came around. Of course, like anything else, you wake up in the morning, you're having breakfast and you're having this conversation with Doug and you're like... Yeah, we're going to do any stand-up today, mm-hmm. you know? So, I guess, of course, I don't care who you are. You know, you're kind of a little nervous because it's intimidating. You're, you're strapped on to a train, so to say. Right. You know? Uh, of course, yeah, they, That's no slouch of a fish. We're talking about, I mean, my fish was... That's a Volkswagen. Of course. That's what it is. A Volkswagen Beetle next to the boat. <sighs> Literally. I mean, it's, it's impressive. So, you know what I said? You know, let's do it. What the heck? Mm-hmm. So... He saw me get on and fight for the first 20 minutes. You're high-fiving and you're enjoying yourselves and, you know, you're where, you know, you're, you're all <laughs> suited up because it's getting kind of cool up there that time of year. And, um, and by when that 30-minute mark, 40-minute mark started kicking in, I mean, you're, you don't know if Start you're, shaking your no, hands. forget about that. Yeah. You don't know if you, mind you, you're strapped on. You can't take nothing off. You can't take off your jacket because you're actually yeah. burning. You're getting so you're worked up inside. Your, your body temperature goes up. You can't take off your jacket. You can't do nothing. And it gets to the point that I'm telling him, I'm, I'm asking Doug, hey, Doug, okay, I took off my hat. See if at least, you know, <laughs> somebody yeah, the, he could come yeah, out. Right. Know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, take off my hat. I'm trying to unzip my jacket. As I unzip my jacket, there's so much I could do. I can't take it off because they I'm already strapped off. on. No. And then there was this zipper on the side of the jacket. Uh-huh. I won't lie to you, Dennis. Literally almost fumes were coming out because I was burning. <laughs> How cold is it in the air? Uh, this, well, for like us South Florida guys, I mean, we're talking yeah. about, we're in the low 50s. Yeah, see, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But these guys, okay, <laughs> these guys were in shorts and T-shirts. Of course, they're already, you know. Yeah. So... 
once everything was said, when, when everything was done, now mind you, your, your, your legs are like Gumby. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know what to do. I mean, you're like, so we got to the point that I don't know if I was going to cry. Right. If I was going to, you know, it, it's got to, it was crazy. Was but, it, did I have a kill tag for that fish? No, we didn't kill that. So you no. let it go. Yeah, we do a lot of, of course, we do the measurements and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but funny thing is, is then I, once I sat down, I'm like, Doug, it's your turn. He's like, F that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw what you went through. I ain't doing that. <laughs> so we're, so we're actually, uh, a, uh, yeah. we're going to go, uh, we're going to go now at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to try to go after the grander. Not on stand up. Right. Yeah. And um, he might want to do something to maybe do, he needs to actually do a mount. A mm-hmm. thousand plus pound fish to mount something like that. Wow. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's like anything. It was fun up there. Great scenery. Um, if you want to really, I mean, that those are tackle testers. I yeah, mean, count me in. Awesome. No, man. You kidding awesome. me? I've been dying to do it. Awesome. I mean, it's just, again, it's something that there's things in life that I've seen fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of stuff are like impresses you. You're like, oh my God, I'm wow. I've been here, you know, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of cool stuff in my life. And, you know, I was gone with the, you know, live a great story. That's my thing, you know. Um, and then, you know, seeing a lot of cool st- things in Guatemala, you know, seeing two or three blues behind the transom and you don't know who to, you know, who to pitch the bait mm-hmm. to or stuff like that. I the mean, big you, one. Uh, you <laughs> 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 but again, it's impressive. I mean, the things, again, I go back to the things I've done and I've seen, but to see a monster of a fish, I mean, Ernest Hemingway called it the king of all fish, and I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. You know, to see behemoth type, I mean, we're talking, like you said, a car. It's a car next yeah. to the boat, man. And it's not one thing is, you know, and another thing is the one thing that is going for you is that the be- the deepest that you'll fish there is about 100 feet. Mm-hmm. If it would have been a thousand pound, I mean a thousand pound, a thousand, you know, feet or more, there's no way you're gonna bring that thing up. Right. I don't care who you are. You're not gonna bring that up. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's just because the runs. Actually, you're fishing this at you are at sixty plus pounds of drag. Right. I mean, that says it all. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. a tug of war. Like, yeah. I hope you're not doing anything for the next two weeks. <laughs> like I tell everybody, <laughs> like I tell everybody, you need to start working out. Yeah. Because it's a workout. Oh, I see. This, that's how the, this, this, is, this is all making sense to me now. There you go. Things it's all for making sense to me now, Ozzy. This is your way to get me in the gym, to get rid of the dad belly. There you go. To get the gun show going. Oh, trust me. You're you're going you're gonna to know. Yeah, I'm going to have to start doing push-ups at least before the shower every morning. Well, I think you're going to be doing a little very everything. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You have a second floor house or no? No. Oh, okay. If not, let's just start going up and down the stairway because you're going to No, but it. we got stairs here. There you go. We all start riding my bike to the studio every morning. I'm only about I'm, what I'm about a ten minute drive to the studio, so I can ride the bike. There you go. I can ride the bike every morning. Might do it. Might need to do a little more than that though. I say. I <laughs> listen. I say. But you this can to Liz. start. Start there. I said this to Liz. I said we got we got to turn the Acadia in at at the end of October. All right, and we got my truck. She loves my truck, so I'm like, oh, you can have my truck. We're gonna go down the one car, and I'm just gonna drive. I'm gonna ride the bike in the studio every day. There you go. I've never seen her laugh so hard at me. <laughs> she knows me too well. She's like, yeah. She goes, yeah, you're going to do that for two days, and then that's it. It's going to be the end of it. You got to start somewhere, so. Yeah, I got to start somewhere. 
She, yeah. I'm going to tell her, she'll believe in me. I can do it. You can do it. Right? That's the start. That's where I'm going to start. Right? Riding a bike? Riding the bike. Every day. And then, and then all of a sudden, tuna. and then you know what? What I would do is start riding the bike for the first week, uh -huh. since you don't have that much time anyway. Right. And then the second one, you just run to work. No, <laughs> that's not gonna work. I can't run anymore, man. I get shin splints. All the like, I get, I like my my shins will like they on fire. There's shoes for that nowadays, man. Yeah. Nice, comfortable type running shoes, you know. So. All right. I'll see. First things first. Let's see how long the bike lasts. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I love? You're talking about huge, 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 huge fish. My favorite fish to catch is a bonefish. Like the polar opposite, right? But it's such a challenge. And to me, that's like hunting on the water. Yes. You know, which is, you know, different kind of fishing. Or Stalking like the that. fish. Stalking it. Yeah. I mean, nothing. I mean, when that line goes off, it's because those things are super fast. Like right across like that. To me, that's a rush, too. Well, like, ha have you fished uh, Biscayne Bay for big bonefish? No, but I want to with, with Joe. Yes, that's um, the man. Yeah. That's the man. I want to do it with Joe real bad. And then most of, most of my bonefish, I mean, most of the bonefishing that I've done is in the Keys and then Marsh Harbor. Well, I'll tell you what. My first time ever bonefishing was with Joe. Right. And I don't think I ever break that record again. My first fish with Joe is a 12-pound bonefish. You should never fish for bonefish ever again. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> just, just stop while so you're ahead. That's Correct. it. That's the problem. So now every time I go out with him, it's like, what am I going to go? Maybe, you know. Well, I've been, he's been teaching me a little bit of fly. I'm not yeah. a big fly guy. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, like anything else, the ultimate prize will be permit on fly. Mm -hmm. um, but he can, I mean, he's the man of Biscayne Bay. Yeah. He's, I mean... When he put me on that fish, it's like, oh, we got to go to Guatemala, baby. Right. You know? And actually, when he went to Guatemala, he got He's been down there? Yes. He yeah. actually caught his first. Did he go down for that billfish tournament? The last no, he tour? couldn't go. He couldn't go. It worked with, you know, he just yeah. had a lot of clients. Um, but he did catch his first selfish on fly. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, he caught his first blue marlin there. Not on fly, but there in uh, Pacific mm -hmm. Fence also. Nice. Yeah. So he yeah. was, I mean, we're going to try to do um, um, a brand video soon also. And he's going to be part of that whole fly fishing thing, too. So Yeah, cool. And he, he's the man. He's yeah, I've never caught a sail and fly. Oh. Yeah. There, I, I mean, want to do that. What better place to have that many shots than Guatemala? Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I love catching bonefish. I mean, Adrian taught me how to fly fish. Oh, okay. Right? So and he's he's the man. I mean, he's an excellent fly fisherman, um, excellent photographer, excellent artist he's just yes, got a golden is. touch yes he is um very really humble yeah, really humble yeah guy. very good friend of both of ours yeah. you know what I mean? and he's just one of the best people in the world that i know yeah um i'm proud to share a birthday with him and i the igfa gotta thank him a lot because yeah he's the man behind all that yeah i know yeah i know he's he's really a special person yes, um, and and anyway you know i'm gonna pause for a sec that's adrian gray uh we're talking about and he's on instagram at sportfish gallery um very popular follow on, and such some of the most amazing photography um, that you've ever seen. But if um, anyone um, is unaware, they may know that, but they may not know what an amazing painter he is, too. He's just a very creative individual. Yes, he is. A very smart, very smart, loving, humble person. Um, one of my favorite people on the planet. But, yeah, he taught me how to fly fish. Him and Regina. Yes. My ex-girlfriend. Yep. And they both did. When they took me out one day. I'm like, I kept telling him, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do it like for like, like a year or two. And he's like, well. So finally, like, took me out. I got a TFO fly rod and fly reel, and they took me out. And uh, 
picked it up fairly quickly, but as you know, it's like an ongoing education oh, to yourself. It's so like it's golf. Like, yeah, never yeah, exactly. It's just like golf. It's golf. Um but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I, I really would love to catch a sail on a fly. I know it's a different ball game than going for bonefish to snook. But it, it is. It is. Um I one thing I can tell you is once you try billfish on fly, whether it's selfish, marlin, that's another thing that I need to do after. Um once you do catch mm-hmm. a billfish on fly, you're hooked for life. Hooked for life, yeah. You don't want to touch another conventional tackle yeah. again. I mean, yeah. it, it's just incredible. I mean, the rush of – let George explain to you what it was all about. Yeah. I mean, it's just to see the, the fish come to the teaser and mm-hmm. for you to cast at that fish. And once he hooked up to that fly, it's – Again, I don't want to spoil all this. For no, you. don't spoil. You're, just, you're getting me amped up, man. That's cool. Yeah, this guy right here is is um is a I'm gonna call you master. Is it right? You're, he's a master snook fisherman. And uh, but do you fly fish too? I haven't fly fished in a long time, but I used to when I was younger. Yeah, I need to get back into it. Yes. But yeah, when my parents, my my dad lives down in the Cayman Islands, so okay. I would always go down there and I'd fly fish for bonefish and stuff down there and. Whenever I got a chance here, I'd go walk the beach for snook and stuff, but I haven't done it in a little while. Yeah. So we talked about walking the beach this week, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. That's the week where I should, I don't know what it, I was saying. It's blowing, it's blowing now anyways. Yeah, it's blo- so. yeah it's, that's true. It is blowing outside right now, so yeah. it wouldn't have been worth it anyway. But I guess you got some baits running right now, so we were trying to try to take advantage of that. But yep. Yeah, because snook season is supposed to get better now here in uh, next month or something, right? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. mu- the mullet run is here. Yeah, the uh, there's a here. lot of bait running down right now. It's uh, It's been a pretty good year so far. It started a little early, but I've been out there a few times, hooked a few tarpon already, haven't landed one yet. But it's it's definitely going to be a good year, and we have about another month or so left, so we got some time. Yeah, so maybe in the next week or two we'll, yeah. Get, yeah, we'll get out there. I definitely want to get down to Biscayne and fish with Joe, too. That Yes. Yeah, we should do that. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Um, I'm so actually, he called me, uh, I think it was uh, last week, and we're like, hey, Oz, let's just try to go out there, you know, because when him and I go out, you know, especially he works a lot, man. Mm-hmm. He's polling all day long with all these yeah. clients, you know, and he just wants to just have fun. Have you fun. Think, you think about that, man, when, you, when you're, a, you're a flats guide, and if you're really busy, the amount of polling you have to do. You're you're, Holy crap. I don't even think about that half the time, but you th- you're, I mean, you're think polling of, all day correct, long. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting beat up by the by the elements, the yeah. sun, the yeah, rain. Yeah, you have no cover. You have correct. Ugh. I mean, yeah, no cover. How he does it? That's another person. That I don't know how he does it. Hunting, correct. But I mean, and not only that, he just loves it. And one thing that um, once you fish with him, and this is what I tell anybody: if you get on a boat with somebody mm-hmm. and they're not, and and it's not like they yell at you if you do something wrong. Well, Joe calls it, you know yelling with you. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, but it's if you don't see the captain or the mates really into it with you, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to be with that person. You Because, you you know, it, sometimes people say, well, the captain was a little aggressive. No, sometimes, you know what? Because they want to make sure that you catch fish. Yeah, they want they want you to convert. Correct. Yeah. You I know? mean, could you this guy, all right, so when you get a guy like that up on um, the platform, First of all, he's seeing a heck of a lot more than you are for two reasons. Number one, he's higher, obviously. But number two, he's just experienced, more experienced than you are because he's out there every day. Mm-hmm. He may see a flicker or a wave of water or something, and you may not see that 
First of all, because you're a lot lower on the bow. And second of all, your just eyes are not trained like his right. are. Correct. Exactly. So, yeah. So you got to listen to that guy that, you know, in one o'clock, two o'clock, you know what yeah. I mean? You go 40 feet, go. And yeah. you, you learn so much from these guys. You know, the same thing is like going back to the, the 12 pound bone that I caught. Mm-hmm. I remember he used something, Ozzy, look, 12 o'clock. And I'm looking straight ahead. You kind of see a silhouette. I mean, it's like something dark. And it's like, Ozzy, now cast over there. It's like, I look back and I'm like, Joe, that looks like a shark. Yeah. It's like, Ozzy, just cast, you know? Sure enough. I mean, it was like a little kid afterwards, you know, jumping up and down. That must have been great in 12-pound bonefish. It, it, it was to see that fish take that much drag. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, it's uh, it's really impressive. Um, and, of course, like anything else is, you know, of course, you, you get with the IGFA to send your certificate. Right, and then, right. You know, Doug from King Selfish Mouse to do me a mount. I mean, it was it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I don't, I don't think I'll break again. I mean, a behemoth of a that's a tough fish to yeah, match correct yeah that's a tough especially one especially the first time around i mean come on yeah um but again i go back to that was you, your first bone that oh, that's my, right that's right you said that was your yeah, first bone fish first bone fish that's right yeah and now it's like <laughs> okay cool you know you catch an eight pounder you're like oh, okay well you know you, Ozzie, you caught an eight pounder man that's yeah all, eh, well <laughs> yeah you know so but again you learn so much from these guys mm-hmm. and that's especially for the area too Yes. Because in Marsh, I mean, we're catching some big, well, we were, we were catching some big bonefish. Um, not like 12-pounders, but, you know, some nice-sized bonefish in there. And just so um, my wife and I, I went over there, we had a pretty good day. You know, one time we were catching like, you know, over a dozen bonefish, you know, in, in a half day. You know, and it's just like, you know, nothing to me is like when you see everything out there. It's because the bonefish aren't going to be anywhere there's any noise. Or, there, or any kind of, you know, static or, Correct. you know, hectic. It's going to always be in a peaceful setting. So, like, when you're in that peaceful setting and maybe you turn a corner around a mangrove or something, like, you see the little silver flashes and stuff, man, it's just, like, so peaceful. And you, and you throw your bait out and then all of a sudden everything just, bzzz, like, goes crazy. Like, you go from that peaceful mm-hmm. to that chaos in, like, a split second. It's a beautiful thing. And, the, and again, I go back to Biscayne Bay. That just backdrop of Miami. And, of course, they've changed a lot throughout the years. You know, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, you see more buildings than anything else. But you don't get the quantity of fish that you do in the Bahamas. Yeah. But you get the quality of fish. Yeah. I mean, you majority of Biscayne fish are, they're up there, man. You know, five, right. six, more. You know, sometimes even in the wintertime, you start getting them. That's the one that's the great time for that. Those eight-pounders, nine-pounders, yeah. ten-pounders, you know. Um, but if, if it's somebody that would put you on the fish, mm-hmm. that's Joe's the man. Yeah. Joe's the man. Did you grow up in Miami? I did. Yeah. I did. I came to, actually, I was born in Cuba. I came uh, to the country. In, oh, you were born in Cuba. Yeah, I okay. came to the country in 1980 when I was like uh, six and a half, seven years old. Wow. Yeah. This, you know, again. Do my, you remember any of that? Vaguely. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, again, you're, what I do remember is m- my grandfather actually instilling into me a lot of everything that has to do with ocean, you know, and especially back in the day, you don't ever think about ocean conservation, but I won't lie to you. I was thinking about it, you know, back, you know, you like, you know, you're talking about a gentleman that actually came from Cuba, mm-hmm. you know, commercial fisherman, lived in the coast, and uh, to, to actually also think about the environment, 
that's unheard of. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know, you know how it is. Rape and pillage back in the day. I mean, yeah, you know? yeah. So, but he was that type of individual. Get where you get while you can. Correct. Yeah. You know, he was that type of individual and, you know, he taught me a lot and, and he's the one that actually brought me up and all that. And, you know, him, me, him and my dad, and, I mean, we, you know, he raised me just that. I mean, just fish, fish, fish. And I mean, we get to the point where we were back in Sears. I don't even remember Sears had a game fisher. Mm-hmm. So we bought a 10-foot aluminum game fisher with a 2.5-horsepower game fisher engine or whatever it was. And he would just throw it on top of the, you know, his truck and just you know, forget about no trailer. There's no trailer. Just back it up yeah, and get yeah. a rope. And anywhere we would find, like, little mangrove areas, we just, there you go, launch it right here. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, Cartown Road and stuff like that. Yeah. And we'd just go fishing. I mean, it was just that all the time. So and that's where you got your chops then? Yeah. Like, all throughout the Cartown area and yeah. all the the... Back country, the, like Correct. you know, yeah. I mean, we venture it out once in a while, and you know, sometimes it just didn't happen because we we ended up actually capsizing one year. Really? Yeah, a storm got us. We were just you're kidding me. Dumb enough to use that ten footer, go a little bit offshore, it actually go beyond the reef when you're not supposed to. Right. Um, you know, you learn from your mistakes, of course. Um, Tell me about that. What happened? Uh, funny thing is, my it was me and my dad. We actually rented a. Uh, hotel we were staying at in right uh right in the outskirts of Isla Morada and uh we went out fishing it was him me on that game fisher then he had his buddies with another boat and uh we just ventured off we were just there just on the ocean side ventured off and we kept on we were catching yellowtail and stuff like that and we decided oh you know let's draft after maybe a little kingfish or something and we just venture off a little further off the reef and a storm was coming from the west Oh, from the other side of the island. Correct. Yeah. So, of course, I'm getting else. You're anchored off in a rope, and, you know, you know. and uh, You have no choice but to ride right into it. Oh, my God. But the thing is, of course, you get you got a strong storm coming in from the west. Yeah. And you're, pu- you're being pushed out. Yeah. You're not. You can't go back, you know, go to shore. And one of those is, like, of course, like anything else, like, it, literally, like, you've seen a movie. Engine stops, you know, just <sighs> box down because of the water. Yeah. And uh, what do we do? We just we're there. And instead of you know, we actually did uh, throw the anchor, but of course not getting else. Rope is not going to be long enough, right? And so we can't hold on to anything, you know. And we can't see our friends because it's, we can't even literally see ten feet in front of you because it's that bad. Um, funny, thing, my, we never told this story to my grandfather because he would have freaked out. Yeah. Um, so he would have told us, "You dumb." whatever, you know, this, yeah. you know, you should learn, you know, I've been teaching you guys all these, all these years, all this stuff, you know, especially to my dad, you know, I was a little younger, but, um, how old were you at this time? Do you remember? I would say maybe 11, 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and I do remember exactly that he, my dad was saying, should we just jump? Well, we shouldn't, you know, you should never leave your vessel no matter what, right, you know, right. just so you learn, you know? But that maybe that mentality of like, you know, if we're going to keep on being dragged even further offshore, we can't see our friends, we're yelling. And one thing led to another that we, the boat got capsized. We're on the water. And we're yelling and yelling and trying to get on the, so we're trying to swim for it. Big mistake. And so I'm, that's the time that I'll never, of course, like anything else, you don't forget stuff like that. You start drinking a lot of water and you start freaking out. Right. I'm thinking I'm going to drown, you know. And sure enough, my dad actually literally puts his hand underneath my shirt to the back 
and holds my neck like you know so at least yeah. my wa- you know so my my head won't go under under and um and we start seeing our friends as the storms start going out little by little uh our friends are getting closer to us and sure enough they get to us and oh, thank god yeah yeah and the guy tried to who knows hold, what would have happened correct, if that, oh correct. wow and the guy you know the guy i remember him grabbing onto me and then the, um then his, his other buddy was grabbing onto my dad and took us to the island the first island we saw you know this is this still we're all still a little bit you know beyond one the of reef. those uninhabited yeah. ones correct yeah. yeah and of course you know they have those uh corals that you know like the column uh I forgot what is it you know really sharp you know yeah, the like coral. fire corals not no fire corals is well we I know that you're talking about oh you how the coasts are Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I know so it was like ripping the tide us. pool corals oh, yes we're yeah. ripping us we're bleeding or we didn't have you know shoes on or anything and uh sure enough the storm passed and what do we see in the distance a volleyball no with a red <laughs> handprint on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost um <laughs> But we, but we did see the boat actually anchored offshore. Yeah, it actually got his way in and anchored. That's where, of course, you never leave your boat. Right. Um, and it was just. Did you get the boat back? Yeah, we got the boat back. All right. right. But it was just crazy. Holy yeah. crap! It's one of those that you're like, oh, you know, you see it in the movies. It freaking did happen. You know, it's like you know. But of course, that's something we never told my grandfather because he would have. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, thanks to him. Um, I'm what I am now, and, you know, he's uh, very passionate about the sport, mm-hmm. about the environment, you know, anything I could do to protect it. Um, and it's because of him. You know, yeah. It's because of him. So. You ever get back to Cuba? No. Actually, I've never been back to Cuba. Um, one thing that I could tell you, the only way I go back to Cuba is when they say that I could use my American passport. Right. But, of course, me being that I left Cuba, yeah, you know, well, yeah, sort of. The, That's why I was asking. Yeah, I was wondering how. Sort that. of, you know, they still, we're still, they'll still see us as, you know, traders or something like that. But the funny thing is, the people that you should tell that we're traders are actually here in this country now. Yeah, you know, right. hitting a month some so ourselves here. So yeah, um, but yeah, I've never been back. Of course, I would love to fish. I mean, shoot. That's I mean. A, yeah, that's another thing too. The yeah. fisheries are com- not completely untapped, yeah. but you yeah. know, from a sport fishing perspective. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've heard there is. I mean, intro fishing is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, some offshore stuff. I mean, there's still people still do some long lining stuff and they still catch, uh, you know, one of those bluefin tunas, you know, marlin, of course, selfish. And, uh, but nothing like you could say, well, it's open to, to the public and do whatever you want. No, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but hopefully someday I could go back and actually yeah. say, you know, at least see where I was born and uh, fish, fish the waters. Yeah. 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 I watched that. Um, not to get too political or get too yeah. far into that whole thing. I watched that um, Cuba Libre um, that they had on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was like this long series they had on the whole evolution of that. That was a really good series on yeah. how that all went down. And it really gained, like I thought I knew about Cuban history just because I was born and raised down here. Um, but I really learned a lot, like watching that. and it's, it's Tough stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, like anything else, I mean, you let... Um Communist country. I mean, like, yeah. I mean but you know what? I'm here. You're here. Thanks, you know, to the United States, I'm here. Yeah. And it's been, you know, I mean, people, I mean, I, like, I call my dad a Cuban redneck mm-hmm. because, I mean, he's, he's all about this country. Yeah. What it has provided us and everything else. I mean, you've, you know, if you're in a conversation with him and you say anything bad about the United States, oh, you're going to hear it. 
Yeah. And he'll yeah. be the first person to tell you, you know what, one way ticket back. I'll even put you on first class. That's, you know? that's what I, I always say that too. And a lot of people don't see that. I guess kind of like how you're saying, like a lot of the people don't see how Guatemala really is unless you're there or anything like that. Well, I was born and raised down in South Florida. Like Cuban Americans, especially those that came from, you know, Cuba and, you know, are now down in Miami or so, some of the best Americans, the most patriotic Americans you can find because they know right. what the, the transverse effect is. Correct. Like firsthand. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and, I, and again, not to get all political and stuff like that, but, you know, people take them, uh, they don't understand what they have here. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, know I agree with that a lot. And you know, one thing that I can tell you, and going back to Guatemala, and there, the little areas that you'll see, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to really, you know how kids nowadays are all about the iPads, iPhones, and stuff yeah. like that. You know, they're just, their mind is somewhere else. But you know what? And then they complain if uh, Wi-Fi signals down yeah. or something like that. You know what? I'll tell you what. You grab some of these kids, just take them to Guatemala, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's not. Maybe, maybe I should bring the kids with. Me. You know, a lot. You know what? Funny. My wife will kill me. She's like, "No, that's us. That's ours." <laughs> need some time a lot of our, a lot of our clients. Uh, I mean, you hear it. They say, "Oh, I need to bring my kids here." Yeah. I mean, so you got to know. I mean, so they could see how good they have in the United States. Yeah, I always, I always say, like, I kind of laugh when people complain about the most smallest uh, things. Yeah, about the smallest things. I'm like, yeah. First of all, if you're an American, you don't have problems because you have opportunity like right in front of you. Every day of your life, you know, and I know some people have it better than others. Some people are born into better situations than others. I get that. I'm not saying that that's not, there's no truth to that, but you do have opportunity in front of you. Do something about it. Yeah. Go. I mean, you, you, cause there's some countries where that, that option isn't even there. Like you don't even have, like, even if you say, you know what, I want to ditch my, my trendy pants and, you know, I'm going to let peer push peer pressure to the side and I'm not going to let my neighborhood get to me and I'm going to go get a job and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to save my money. You can do that here. But other countries, it's not even an option. Correct. That's sad. Yeah. I think that people people look at things like that. I don't know, man. Again, not to get too... I, I don't even think that's political. That's just, you know... Just, Correct. And, and that's you know, just fact. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when you take a lot of stuff for granted, it's like, come on. Right. I mean, it's, it's you're in the United States. Mm-hmm. What, be, what better place to be? I mean, yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get me all choked up now. So, um, take me through a little bit about um, you know your history in this industry and what I, I want to talk a little bit about you and what you bring to the table at Pacific Fins because I think it's important to know um, that you're a difference maker there. And um, and what you're bringing in its relationship, especially to the United States and Guatemala, and kind mm-hmm. of building that bridge. Well, long story short, I like like I was telling you, my grandfather instilled into me, you know, the ways of the ocean, the ways of giving back. You know, go clean up. You know, like I've done a lot of stuff with also Biscayne Bay clean up, and you know, Bonanza, you call it. Um, and I've done a lot. Um, of course, like anything else, you you know, you you do have your share of. Uh, it, it can't be all about fishing all the time. You know, you got to get back, you know, right. and, you know, I've always been the type of person is like, you know what, if you have a 72 quart cooler, and I see it all the time when I'm in the dock, you know, why have 40 dolphins inside that cooler? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what, do you really need it? Because majority of the time when you're filleting a fish, that meant, you're not going to fillet that many fish. You're going to throw a lot of them away. Yeah. And majority of the time you put it, you know, in the freezer. So there's so many people you could give food to, yeah. you know, so... Um, 
in 2012, that's when I actually, when I told you that uh, Inguat, uh, Inguat is the tourism board for Guatemala. Mm -hmm. That's when they invited me. I was there with um, a person representative from Sport Fishing Magazine, I think Ocean Drive Magazine, I think it was mm -hmm. here the, you know, from Miami Beach. The Miami one, yeah. Um, Canada. Um, I forgot what other publication it was. And, and myself. Well, funny thing is, that's the first time I ever met Niels Erickson, the mm -hmm. owner of Pacific Fence now. Um, we hit it off, met this guy. You know, you could tell he's something about him. You know, he's a powerful man in the country. You know, he's, you know, really, you know, very professional, very mm -hmm. professional person. Um, and, uh, you know, I met him, stuff like that, but we actually didn't speak about nothing else. Just, you know, we're speaking about stuff about Guatemala, you know, the, the conservation that he's doing over there. Um, all the great things are changing in the country. So I go back to, uh, back home and about a couple of weeks passed by, I get a call from Guatemala tourism. Hey, Ozzy, how you doing? You know, we were happy you know, to have you here. Um, you know, we spoke amongst ourselves and we're like, you know what, how would you like to represent the country in Guatemala in the sport fishing side of it? Mm-hmm. Sure, but you know, I was there with you know, there have been other people there too. You know, it's like, wow, you know, you did, you you made an impact with us. You know, I think you're the right person for that. So, I that's why I started working with Guatemala for a little bit. You know, before I did anything, and um, and I was still doing some stuff for the magazine, um, and then, you know, that's when Niels and I, I helped him out. You know, he, since day one, he's very supportive of me. When I was the magazine, he's like, you know, I'll run an ad, and you know. I mean, a lot of stuff. He he was really helpful. And for me, loyalty means everything. Sure. You know, having each other's back, loyalty. I mean, that for me, it, it's, it, you know, you could call it the aqua mafia thing that we got going on, you know, but. You it, know, it, there's a level of trust there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really important to kind of elaborate on that whole loyalty thing. It's just, it comes down to trust. Correct. You know, and you, when you, you foster a relationship with someone and then, you know, you do a good job with that person. That person does a good job with you. That goes a long way. And, um, you know, after a while, you do establish that trust and you can rely on each other. It's an important thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, again, I go back to since day one. I mean, he has been very supportive. I don't think he's ever told me the word no. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I mean, hey, Niels, what do you think? Okay. Hey, Niels, what? Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like... Now that we're, you know, partners um, and the business, mm -hmm. it's been, I mean, like anything else, just we want to make sure that, you know, it gets to the next level. Yeah. Like any other, you know, like any other business. And, um, but he has been so loyal. I mm -hmm. mean, he's, he is the, what I call the ideal boss. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's going to step on your toes if, well, we need to, you know, he's like, you know what? Let you do your job. Correct. Yeah, that's good. And, and you it know, sounds like you guys have the right platform down there, too, yes. to be able to elaborate on. You got the right ownership, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that's a winning combination. Yeah. And, you know, and to say, you know, let's talk a little bit about Niels Erickson, and you'll know more once you meet him. Mm -hmm. And it'll be great for him to be on, you know, a podcast, too. Yeah, sure. Um, Absolutely. He is the backbone of whatever has happened with conservation in Guatemala. Really? So he's, he's, he's on the, the forefront of that. He's leading Correct. that, that Correct. charge. Yes. That's I mean, cool. anybody could say, you know, I've do a little something here, but little something mm -hmm. with the little time 
this man has. He has completely, I mean, completely put Guatemala on the map when it comes to conservation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually won, was it like two years ago, um, uh, individual uh, conservation award from the IGFA. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, we definitely have to have them. I mean, yeah. that's that's what this podcast I mean, is all about, even, having guys like that on. Correct. Um, Rob Kramer, mm-hmm. previous president, mm-hmm. he even says it. I mean, it for what Guatemala is doing, everybody should, I mean, everybody should do the same thing all over the countries. I mean, in 2002, they acted into law, the killing of any billfish. It's mm-hmm. all now sport fishing. Mm-hmm. You can't touch anything when it comes to that. Of course, you're going to have your little yeah, poaching. Yeah, yeah, I remember when that, yeah. yeah. But, again, I will let him say, you know, explain to you more all the things he's done, you know, but he is the man. Wasn't there a thing recently, I, I don't know if it was Guatemala or Costa Rica, though, um, about they, they busted someone, some boat with, like, tons of billfish. Wasn't there something, I think it was last year. Or maybe earlier. I don't know this if it's year. Guatemala. I don't know if it's Guatemala. It might have been Costa Rica. Maybe. Actually, I um, mean, we you do get your poaching. Yeah, you they found your... a whole hull full of billfish, Incredible. like illegally caught. Yeah, I, I mean, once you go down there, we'll, we'll show you, and we're actually uh, so you could listen to the people talk with, when it comes to all the people that we have mm-hmm. the issues with poaching and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, these guys are the ones who are doing it. They're actually. They actually get the fish, they fillet the fish, and then they put them on top of roofs mm-hmm. so they could dry them out and salt. You know, they're like having beef jerky of uh, of selfish, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, who's going to eat? I mean, the people eat that stuff, but it's like, no way. I mean, there's so much still resources. I mean, come on, you, you mahi, tuna, and stuff like that that you could be, you know? So that law, is that is that pertaining only to tourism, or, or is that for everybody? For, that's for residents, local, everything. Right. All right, okay. So you can't, all right. Yeah. Is it like what about what is it here? Like we can harvest one sailfish. Yeah, one sailfish. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one. Yeah, one a year. I think uh, uh, I'm not sure. I think it was 63 inches or something like that, or one, or then the Marlins another 90 something. I don't remember how many. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's good that I mean I, I'm a big um, proponent of conservation. You know, some things can go a little bit too far on it, but I think for the most part. Um, like I don't know if the American Red Snapper laws are necessarily the best, but like the for for one example about one going too far, you know. But uh, for the most part, I think a lot of them are. Yeah, we've had our positive. When job. I was in Garhart Magazine, um, we've had uh, quite a few articles on the Red Snapper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just another topic that I don't know. Yeah, what's next for you? Like where are you where are you going after this? I mean, you going you heading back down to Guatemala before you go to Prince Edward Island? No, actually, no. I'm actually gonna you know well we are gonna go to Prince Edward. We Island. are yeah before we are going to Prince Edward yeah. Island, and then uh, I'll be going to Guatemala after that. Yeah. And going to Guatemala, how long yeah. are you usually down there for? It depends a week, and I think in December I'm gonna be there for two weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, because I have to host you, and I have to uh, quite a few. Uh, there's some companies coming down. Um, I got some guys from uh, from NASCAR right after the... Oh, you do? Yeah. I have actually, funny thing is, I have uh, Tad Boyd. He is the spotter for William Byron, number 24, mm-hmm. for Hendrick Motorsports. He's going to be down there with friends. Oh, very cool. Um, so right off, as soon as the championship there in Homestead is over, mm-hmm. hop on a plane and head down there. 
Nice. And yeah. when is you guys hold a billfish tournament every year? Um, March. I mean, not March. Uh, April and May. So this year, last year, well, well actually, is this it year, one tournament you have down there? No, or? no. We have quite a few tournaments, but the Guatemala Invitational, right? Guatemala. That's Invitational, the big one. That's though. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. The one that we have down there, it's um, it's gonna be in May, twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then of course we we change it up back and forth, you know, from April and, and then, but I think next, no, next year, I'm sorry, it's in April, April. I got to get you the dates on that. You got to get, you got a pretty good turnout for that one. Yeah. We actually, this, this year's was phenomenal. I know. I remember, all right. So I remember we were at George's house and you're like, oh, you got to come down for this tournament. I'd love to, but I couldn't, I had a family obligation that I could not get out of. George went down. Well, you had a pretty good year. Wade Boggs. Uh, was there Warren like, Sapp, you know, Warren Sapp went Warren down. Sapp, Scott Walker, Peter Miller. Um, then we had um, from the University of Miami. We had uh, Dr. Nelson Arhart and Bruce Pohol. They're the guys that do the satellite tagging with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again Wade Boggs, George, um, um, and uh, and then we had also um, I think uh, Chef Terry French. He's, mm-hmm. he, he did a. Uh, he did the Food Network. I think I forgot the name of the competition he did. He won that. Um, so it was it was a great turnout. I yeah. mean, we, it got to the point that we just couldn't. There was some, we couldn't fit nobody else in the resort. So we had so to. You went to capacity for that. Correct. One. Easy. Wow. And uh, we sold out. Yeah. Know? And we had to stick people in all the places and get all their boats, and it was a great turnout. Right. But you guys are expanding soon. Uh, that's you know. You know. I know. I know. But yeah. I'm, I'm saying. I mean, there's. I would think. Yeah. You know, and because it's such a great place that you yeah. want the rest of the world to enjoy it. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? But, you know, the funny thing you say that is I still get clients uh-huh. that want to come down. It's like, Ozzy, I want to go down there when there's nobody. Right. But it's gotten to the point now that it's not the case. Now it's gotten pretty popular. Right. And it's like, Ozzy, you need to slow down with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the place for ourselves, man. You know, it's like, well, I can't do that. If you want yeah. to pay for the other rooms, I got no problem with that. Right. You know, so. But. Um, I want to take the little plane. Oh, that I'm is. just as excited for that as like anything else. I got a good one for you. All right, Guatemala Invitational. Uh huh. We the I'd say all one. I think one group took the helicopter, and the majority of the, and everybody else took the the plane mm-hmm. down. So we have a six passenger Cyane, you know, turbo uh, twin prop mm-hmm. plane, really fast. That's the one that we have. But of course, like anything else, but since we have so many people, we have to hire another plane. Mm-hmm. You could ask George Goss this. So George was supposed to go on this plane with Warren Sapp. Mm-hmm. And Warren Sapp is not a small person. Correct. So they actually, Warren Sapp got on the plane. He actually went to go sit back of the plane. Well, actually, the plane just tilted back right. completely. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious, man. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe that. I mean, he, you know what? He's he's one of the best linemen to ever play oh, this game. Like, he, he was he was like one of the most badass dudes ever to set foot on a football field. He's still one of the most badass dudes. Yeah, I, I know him. I mean, he's, he, he, he's a big guy. Yes, he is. Right? Yes, he I is. wouldn't want to mess with him. Who knew? Yeah. No. no. And now, like anything else, now you can see him like he's like a big teddy bear, I would say. Yeah. Oh, Warren, I'm, I'm not saying that, cool. but, you know. Uh, <laughs> But he is such a, he's also a great guy, man. He's a good dude. He is a really good dude. I mean, you can actually sit down with him and just talk about football, man. Just mm-hmm. be just yourself and talk about football. I mean, he, he'll he tell you straight up how it is. Sure. I mean, there is no, you know, 
yeah. cutting any corners here. No, he'll tell you black and white how it is. Yeah. And um, and he has uh, shared a lot of stories and wow, man, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 A lot of fun. The um, yeah, I can't wait to get down there. You know, soon, so, man. Soon. Yeah, I know. Soon. Couple months. I'll be down there. I want to go down. Man, I really regret not bringing rum. On this, because everything you're talking about Guatemala, like the whole like podcast, I've been like laid back. <laughs> like, yeah, man, Guatemala, let's do it. There, there's not going to be no shortage of rum in Guatemala. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Right on, man. Ozzy, I want to thank you for coming out today. My pleasure. My you have pleasure. a good time? Awesome time. And thank you for having me here. You gotta be kidding me, man. Connected by water. That's what's up. Right? Thank you. So, like my buddy Mike G says, yeah, your ego is not your amigo. Right? All you got to do is just do your best and let God do the rest. And always remember to eat, drink, and be local. Ozzy, we're connected by water, brother. Thank, Thank you. you.